Bart, Pete, come on. Do you want to? Oh, here's your here's your intro. <laughs> Pete's here. Oh wow. <laughs> not not a super fan. Not a. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll work on it. <laughs> <laughs> you you don't seem famous enough to uh, disregard my entrance <laughs> for you. The, is that like is that the qualifier for like turning <laughs> stuff away? Is like being famous enough to like have the clout to turn down ideas? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's the arts. Okay. Yeah. So you you can't be picky right now because who else is offering <laughs> to make an entrance for you? Right. Right. So so you're you're creating the uh the intro yeah because i have a, a lack of options i'm your hype man <laughs> right hype person yeah hype I, human let's be yeah let's just be specific a hype human specific and vague at the same time yes yeah i feel like that's what being politically correct is <laughs> specific and, and vague. also vague <laughs> yeah yeah i gotcha well welcome to the first day podcast hi hi Hi. Is this your podcast or my podcast? Um, I I think you're taking the lead, but I think it's officially mine. Oh. Yeah. So, I'm Pete. <laughs> <laughs> See how it feels when you don't have an entrance? <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> you should have taken it. <laughs> <laughs> you're totally right. I'm Jenna. And uh, we're going to be talking about... Uh, some poems today. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I didn't agreed? know I was supposed to. <laughs> I mean, I already knew that, so I didn't know I had to verbally agree to it beforehand. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> oh, man. I I feel like we're going to need to... <laughs> we're going to need to... <laughs> we're going to need to stop this train. Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> this runaway train. No, are you restarting it? Yeah. Why? I think this is good. <laughs> Don't give up. All right. You're fair enough. Don't give up. Art is art. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. I wasn't taking it serious. I know. Does all the poetry have to be like, welcome to First Day Podcast. We're going to talk about art. That's a good point. That's a good point. No. I've been trying <laughs> I've been trying to figure out a way <laughs> to make <laughs> to try and make this podcast not seem pretentious. <laughs> and I feel like that's a really good good way to start. You just needed me around. Yeah. <laughs> you just making fun of me the entire time for it. Oh uh, yeah. That's what every I feel like that's what every artist needs. Like every artist needs somebody that's just constantly Knocking them down a peg, making them yeah, or you come turn face into, to face with their own shit. You turn into Kanye. True. There you go. That is a perfect example. Thank you. Yeah. So, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes First Day Podcast. Sure. Follow us on Twitter at First Day Podcast. Yeah, not much to follow. But, <laughs> I don't uh, think Pete tweets at all. Um, you can like us on Facebook. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah. Um, you could send us an email. Yeah. At the email address. Firstdaypodcast at gmail.com. Yep. 
Yeah. And uh, we always take donations. Or you can click through the Amazon banner on the yep. website. Sure shop can. as usual. Yeah. And then uh, we get a little bit of it if you buy something from Amazon. Yeah. Preferably buy like 10 pinball machines. Yeah. That'd via be great. Amazon. And then that that would be great. Check, check out. And then, you know, keep the receipt. You know, yeah. you don't know if you're going to need 10. Like, what would happen if... Okay. Just return nine of them. So, what if somebody bought 10 pinball machines, right, yeah. and it, through the banner? Yeah. And Amazon was like, okay, you get however much. Yeah. And then they return all the pinball machines. I wonder if anyone, any other, uh, any other podcasters, like, figured out this trick. Tell your listeners to buy tons of stuff. And then just return and it. And then just return it. Yeah. Well, there's probably a thing like it's... I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure they've thought of something, you know, if it gets returned. <laughs> if uh, podcasters are trying to pull like <laughs> consumer fraud or whatever. Yeah. Eh. Well. Okay, Pete. So do you have a this poem? This we might actually cut around. <laughs> <laughs> we might want to just... The legal stuff? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where we'll you... Just... Work up our scheme. We'll keep we'll keep that out, maybe. <laughs> um, Pulling a cyber heist. Did you did you write a poem to read to <laughs> us? <laughs> I did. I did. Oh, great! I did. Um, would you like to share? Yeah. Well, I came up with the theme for today's episode uh, just now. Okay. Uh, when I was going through. Going through some of the pieces that I sent you that I forgot that I sent you, so I don't even know which ones you've actually seen. Mm. Um, but then I got to thinking, you know, playing Mass Effect Andromeda right now, and I was inspired a lot by uh, just the visuals of outer space when I was writing um, the first few pieces of the new book. So I have a couple, uh, couple space ones for for you guys today. So the theme is space. Pretty much, yeah. Mm. Yeah, on Pluto. Oh, okay. I'm ready. I like this one. I'm just gonna say that out of the gate. Um, that puts a lot of pressure on me to also like it. It doesn't. It doesn't. Just one one guy's opinion. But I had a lot of fun writing it. So. So, um, reflecting on Pluto. Sometimes I think of Pluto, the dwarf planet at the edge of our solar system. I see how he has been trained by the human race. Oh, shit. This we're going to have to, yeah. Let's see. Pause. Pause. Good job. Sometimes I think of Pluto. The dwarf planet at the edge of our solar system. I see how he has been treated by the human race. It is a cold, harsh world. But no harsher than the opinions of this planet. Imagine becoming a planet and feeling that weight and that pressure. Billions of years before we started qualifying things. Before we ruined life. Pluto was filled with frozen ravines and stark vistas. He was everything moving along as perfect synchronization as Jupiter, as Venus, 
and Mercury. He was alone, but in good company, in a community of other planets, supporting life, or at least an atmosphere. The sun would shine on all of them equally. We came on the scene and gave him a name. He was named after the god of the underworld. It was a dirty job, but someone had to do it. Sometimes I believe that Pluto was most most respected of all. Watching over the whole system, making sure to observe the other planets if they died. And then we stripped him of his title, but not his name. He wasn't he wasn't considered anything. No god, no planet. A giant floating mass. Large enough to support his own gra- gravitational pull. Yet we deemed him insignificant. Humanity has a way of supporting an idea, changing it, and then changing it again. Evolution warrants this in evaluating things that gain worth. The unseen effect is the removal of value from things that were once wonderful. We did to Pluto the same thing that we did to Napoleon. Loved it as part of our universe as long as it was useful, and then exiled him as his use diminished. Sent him the farthest reaches of our memories. The idea of something as large as a planet being totally insignificant shocks me. I can only imagine being literally everything and then reduced to nothing. Sometimes I think of Pluto as a way to remember to define myself. Spend less time being defined. The only value in this universe is the value I give to myself. Wow. (laughs) That was a very sociological poem. Word? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like... Pluto stays the same. Yeah. But how we interpret Pluto and how we understand Pluto changes. Yeah. We label Pluto differently. Right. But Pluto has stayed the same. Yeah. It's just all one big social construction. Yeah. It it always, you know, it, it always sort of struck me the idea of uh, humanizing an inanimate object you know but you could always people make the argument all the time that the earth is definitely a living thing because it's in like perpetual motion and varies in temperatures and it's huge size and needs to be sustained by different climates and things you know yeah so i always sort of wondered and it's also, an, I gotta say, inspired by this Brian Regan joke, where it's <laughs> like, <laughs> can you imagine all of the, you know, all of the astronomers and the <laughs> Institute of Naming Planets? Can you imagine if all of them were just like, Pluto, come on on here, need to talk to you, uh... So we decided that uh, you're not going to be a planet anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he does like the, the arms out to the side. He's like, what? 
Yeah, so I always thought that was, like, interesting, you know? Yeah, we just, like, decided that Pluto wasn't good enough. Well, it's kind of the same as how we decide that, like, everything has to be, you know, qualified to a certain degree. Yeah. Like, everything, everything is more and less significant based on, you know whatever society deems at the time right it's all just fleeting because it'll change yeah yeah so so why do you think of pluto as a he that's an interesting question i don't really have a good answer for it is it because you hate women no it was more because (laughs) you answered that so seriously no no it's not that i you know i thought that for a minute but then i realized that that's not what's driving it i express my woman hate in different areas in my life you can see the rage and all the yellow right it's because i hate mustard grace and frankie y'all catch up if you're not caught up um no i think it was mostly just to keep it keep it gender specific considering that's that's who the god was pluto wasn't a goddess that's a fair point yeah so i kind of just went based on that like if if i if i wrote one about venus i'm assuming i would have called it her i know but like i just have to say we're like making these assumptions about gods and goddesses and like that's all just one big social construction too so i mean yeah yeah however (laughs) these aren't you know these aren't like active religions anymore you know that right (laughs) what these gods what what (laughs) Yeah, we we can't really go down this road. I know. We have to talk about poetry. <laughs> I'm just saying, if if I were implying anything uh with religious undertones, maybe I would choose one that's it's <laughs> made that's still practiced. There might be some people. Ooh, that's interesting. Hey, Write us in at firstdaypodcast <laughs> oh at gmail dot com. If you worship, if you still believe in <laughs> the gods Pluto and Venus, and now are they Greek? I think gods they're Roman or Roman gods. See, that's where I get. I don't know the difference. Yeah, Roman are all of the planets, and they're basically the Greeks, just different names. Uh, yeah we'll do this another day yeah i got sidetracked with pluto but i think that um it's kind of i can't decide if that poem makes me sad or not like it kind of does but Mm. then i also think that okay like pluto doesn't know right that we have that's an interesting changed point. its meaning. Yeah. Like, Pluto doesn't have to accept that. That's true. So, 
if it's you kind of think up to of Pluto it, to yeah choose. like because like I said Pluto hasn't changed so if you're like using this I, I think it's like a metaphor right yeah <laughs> you're so you gotta lighten up Pete I'm just letting you go with it yeah <laughs> I can't wait I can't wait to see where it goes well if it's you know what I like to call a metaphor <laughs> right yeah <laughs> that that of this people change their perception of you even when you don't change then you don't necessarily have to worry about it like pluto doesn't know that it's not a planet anymore it's still the same thing that it was before yeah and it continues to exist in the same way yeah so maybe you don't always have to be upset when people changes i think you got it did i figure out your poem <laughs> you unlock the puzzle ah! <laughs> i'm getting really good at this poetry you, stuff you unlock the puzzle to my uh to my extended metaphor for that one oh, yes. yeah i mean you know you think pluto gives a shit whether we think it's a planet or not Exactly. It's like this is much more eloquent. I was it's billions, working it out it's as billions you were... <laughs> of light years away. Yeah, like it doesn't you know? like we're we're so insignificant to Pluto, right? That Pluto doesn't care. And why doesn't that work in the reverse? You know why? Why don't we? And also the fact that we think that we're so right, right. That we can take something exactly. and change the meaning of it. Exactly. When it hasn't changed. What gives us the right to define everything that we yeah. perceive to know? You're saying it a lot better than me, but we're saying the same thing. <laughs> Agreed. I'm still working on all these metaphors. <laughs> yeah, it's tough, man. <laughs> they're, they're, uh, I don't know. What's your favorite planet? Ooh, interesting. Um,. I always thought Jupiter was cool. Yeah. I always thought like having a permanent storm happening in mm. your atmosphere is like badass. Yeah. yeah. Jupiter does seem like the bad boy of the planets. <clears throat> right? Yeah. Right. I like Saturn though with Saturn's the rings cool, yeah. and all the rings. Jupiter has like eight moons. Jupiter has. Yeah. Eight or nine. I yeah. Think. Yeah. I think that's kind of cool too. I agree. Yeah. Sally, what's your favorite planet? Oh, yeah. Sally's with us for the first time, I think. Making her podcasting debut. She's pretty quiet, so. But, yeah. Charlie's gnawing, <laughs> so that's what that is. Sorry, folks. <laughs> Sally's just sitting there being chill. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so... So, I have one more. Do you have another poem for us that you'd like to share? I do. I do. What's this poem called? Uh, this is called Becoming Stars. So, it's more about space. Yeah. Sticking with our theme. Pretty much, yeah. Cool. So, this is my other space one. I have a bunch of space ones, I'm pretty sure. <clears throat> I was definitely I was definitely on a tear with uh, with the space stuff when I was writing a while ago so okay let's hear it let's do it space 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 space, space. 
Once I felt like I could embrace the stars and dissipate from this planet. Out into the universe as if my ashes were propelled into space. My homage to Hunter Thompson, where I'm blasted through the atmosphere into a space that will indefinitely expand, taking pieces of me with it. I believe that I had crumbled in a way to rebuild. I tore myself apart, ripped down the beams that held my walls together. I exposed myself laying bare, allowing my body to move for me. <clears throat> Controlling is an illusion built from convenience. We as people make decisions based on the decisions we are offered. Nothing is more painful than breaking through a third door that I have blasted blasted through a wall. Covered in drywall and rubble, I can look back and see if the door see the doors one and two. I hurled myself into this structure and immediately began to decompose. I lost control and I was free. I broke into pieces. I ripped and shivered and made myself small. I turned into what I'd always been afraid of being. Small, insignificant, speaking in vowels. Non-thinking, non-feeling, making repetitious noise that doesn't sound like words. My dream is to take these moments and create an infinite beginning from them. To explode into billions of atoms and dispense into everything. I want to be a part of things without the pressure of being present. Control is where I circle back. Control is inconceivable when you think about it. How many times a day do we think we do things we have to? When I lose the power to make the decisions presented to me, I am free of this desire for control. Some days I feel as if I do not move from fear that I will be noticed. Being present is true anxiety. I feel eyes on me and my lungs seem to collapse. Afraid I will become a spectacle, afraid I will be some part of a part of some natural disaster. Nerves make me crave to be anonymous. I'd rather be removed from life than live in a world where everyone can watch me decompose. Dispose of me in the stars like Hunter. Give me the illusion that people can see me only in the sky from afar. Hmm. Hmm. <clears throat> that one felt deep. It was pretty deep. So what do you think inspired this poem for you? Um... Okay, so so Quake is the second book, and I really wanted to suss out a lot of the um, a lot of the seizure feelings, you know, because it's something that I spent a lot of time with and a lot of time like dealing with, and then when you sort of tally it all up and um, figure out just how much, you know, how much you've sort of invested in, like, 
I don't know, being comfortable with that being a part of my life, right? So you uh, spend a lot of time getting tests and going to doctors and and all this stuff, but you don't really like think about how you feel when you're actually like um, sort of giving up that control in the moment, you know? And so I always, I always sort of thought of it differently, like each time it, it's always been like a back and forth, um, because to me, epilepsy is always, uh, the struggle to, um, stay sort of like taut and tense. So, you know, so I don't like lose control and, you know, have a seizure or whatever. I don't like, it's, it's, it's not like a thing that I really do. It's more like an, a nervous tick, you know? Mm, yeah. Like yeah. I, I like to stay planted. I, sometimes I get really like anxious in crowds and social situations because like the more people that are around, if this, if like something happens, the weirder it would be you know and so i don't know sometimes i just think about a lot of different things um when i sort of reflect on those few experiences that i had you know yeah that's really interesting because it feels um like there's this there's like two sides to it yeah where it's this loss of control yeah but there's always there's kind of like this like when you were reading about like the stars exploding and then like being worried about being small and insignificant but there's yeah. sort of this power in that yeah of like letting go and like accepting what is like there's a lot of power that comes with that yeah 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 i i always thought that um that taking control of it um with like day-to-day stuff was was what really like helped me out a lot to move forward yeah yeah, I mean, practically, that was true. But what really ended up, I think, making me um, accept it and sort of deal with it and live with it, and, you know, now I would even say, like, succeed with it, is um, actually writing writing this book. Yeah. To, to be honest, like, a lot of the things... Um, that I touch on in the book are just things that it's like hard to say, you know, like, can you imagine what your stream of consciousness is when your, your brain is literally being scrambled? (laughs) Right. You know? Yeah. And you, you just want to like put some feeling to it so you can kind of understand it at least from my perspective, and then move on. So that's something that I've 
always really, um, I've always really wanted to um, share, and hopefully I'll get a lot of chances in this lifetime, how, you know, how much control you take back when you start taking control of, you know, your treatment and your life and, yeah, you know. And, and like you were saying, even just the way that you approach yeah how you think about it yeah you know i think um i think the the spiritual healing part is just as important as like the physical healing part and uh it takes longer usually oh man i I feel like (laughs) it's always the longest part i feel like i really hadn't made any strides in in this (laughs) arena for a long time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, it's like the last thing that you can really... Yeah, I guess so. You know, you got to get the physical under control. That's a good point. That's a good point. And then you can work on those other layers. Yeah. I. You know, I'd, I just hope that, you know, maybe some other person who might be dealing with it thinks that it's okay to just think the craziest weirdest things about it yeah you know it's good it's good for you i think it gets it out i'm good i'm good with that yeah i like that poem yeah so i i i like um i like the idea of um you know sort of craving that invisibility too because that that always always plays into my personality you know pretty introverted yeah a lot of times you can't really tell and a lot of times i you know try not to be because (laughs) i also want (laughs) to be you know be like someone yeah who can have a voice in society (laughs) well yeah it's like stars there's so many of them yeah yeah and they all sort of blend together but they're all unique and special yeah they're all special they all sparkle in different different lights yeah you just have a different sparkle pete thanks thanks um so that'll that'll wrap it up for this time thanks for coming back everybody hope you like um like these last couple of poems and uh hope you like uh listening to me and jenna unpack them having a good time with it deep analysis that's my nickname deep analysis <laughs> dj deep analysis <laughs> yeah that's my dj name I like it. dj da that sounds perfect yep. all right well thanks for tuning in guys uh we'll see you